At five years old, most of us are just discovering our favorite ice cream flavors, or getting down the intricacies of the game tag. Lorena Ochoa was discovering her passion. She would see her brothers play golf and it sparked something special in her. A young Lorena would eventually compete in a golf tournament at six and an international event at seven. Before she was a teenager, she was chasing down Rafael Alacon, a Mexican golfer who would eventually become her lifelong coach and dearest friend. Chasing dreams is just something Lorena was born to do. This is in Fuego. I, I started, yes, when I was five years old, and um, I have two older brothers and a younger sister. And it was because of my brothers, they used to go out to the golf course and just uh, enjoy the day. Usually Saturdays or Sundays, uh, go with my father and spend some time at the golf course, just walking around, having a good time, playing a little bit with the, you know, sand traps and, and having a good time. And I always ask them, please uh, take me with you. You know, I want to go, I want to go. And, and because they are seven and five years uh, older than me, I couldn't go you know they always say no no you're too small you know <laughs> and and you know they just uh, my father said yes let's give uh, Lorena a chance and I I went there I had a great time I I always remember holding hands with my father and just you know walking around the golf course and having a good time and um, I guess you know since the beginning right away I just love the game um, I started competing really, really young. Actually, my first tournament uh, at home, it was when I was six years old. My first national event when I was seven, and my first international event when I was eight. So it was something that happened just, you know, really quick. I love competition. I love representing my country, and, and uh, really competition is, um, you know, something that always uh, kept me motivated. You know, I love competing. <laughs> And what was it, if you can recall back then, about golf, about the sport that got you immersed in it? Because like you said, you were competing at six then. You know, a year uh -huh. later, you're starting to compete. Um, what was it about the sport that just really got you into it right away? Uh -huh. Well, I think, uh, you know, number one, having a good time. Just going out there and, and enjoy the time with my friends. Um, I also, uh, like I said before, I love uh, competition, but I also when I played my first uh, international event and being able to represent Mexico and traveling and just the, the importance of being in a, in a big event and knowing that, the, you know, it was a, just a small girl from Mexico and I was, you know, trying to win events. It was something special. I, I, I think, um, you know, I always tell the story that I wanted to go to my first uh, Junior World Championship because it was close to Disneyland, you know, and I wanted to go to Disneyland, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, I was good enough to win the tournament, you know. So I guess, you know, it's been a blessing just uh, being there at the right time, having the opportunity to, to enjoy myself a lot, having the support of my family, you know, my parents. And, um, you know, I, I really young, I started dreaming that I wanted to be the best in the world. I always, um, you know, fought really hard since I was able to be the best in the world. Yes, it's one way to get to Disneyland, I guess. <laughs> it's just becoming really great at, at golf. Um, and you said the support of your parents. At what point were they like, you know what, our, our little girl, she's, you know, how impactful were they, I guess, in, in your development uh, of golf? Well, I think for all of us, it was a surprise. We really didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. Um, actually, 
really close friends, they used to tell my parents, you know, don't take Lorena to the junior world because it's going to be a disaster. You know, she doesn't know uh, what is to compete, you know, to the best players in the world. And, and she's just a small girl, you know, having a good time. And all of a sudden she's going to be so sad and frustrated and just uh, knowing that she's so bad. And my dad is like, no, no, you know, she, she is okay. She uh, won the place, you know, or qualified to go and play the event. So she's going to go and, and that's it. And we were there having a good time, just, you know, practicing and playing around and having a good summer. We went to San Diego for a few weeks and I know the Southern I won, you know, so <laughs> they didn't know either. You know, it's just something that, that it happens. And, and we were the first uh, Mexicans, I guess, to, to really play good at that level, you know, and, 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 um, and I came back to Mexico, you know, we celebrate and I start making my plans to play some more international events and, and keep it going. And if you could explain to me a little bit more, I know it's been touched upon about Rafael Alacan and, and, and kind of his impact on, on your game. Um, uh-huh. I guess you met, uh, I guess, close to home and, and, and asked him about that. Explain to me that moment when you guys first met um, and kind of the impact he's had on, on your game. Yes. Well, for sure, you know, I, I uh, remember uh, watching Rafael practice because he was a, a member of our club. And also, he used to be, you know, a top uh, professional in, in Mexico. Uh, he played the PGA, the European Tour, the Asian Tour. You know, he was very competitive and also tried, you know, to play professionally for many years. So growing up, I used to just sit down and watch him play, you know, hitting the ball and moving the ball and just being there, you know, six, seven hours, you know, pretty much all day at the golf course. And I always thought I wanted to be like him, you know, I want to be like him. So uh, right away, I just asked him, you know, um, can you help me, please? You know, I'm going to be very serious. I'm going to be here every afternoon. You know, I want your advice and I want to hit the ball just like you, you know. And uh, we become... Just uh, for me, he was a, a role model. And then when, when things started getting, you know, later uh, more serious, then he put uh, a lot of effort, you know, a lot of work into me. And, and I guess it was just a, a great combination, you know. Um, he knows me very well, you know, just as a girl, you know, as a woman. And, and he was always very uh, interested in, in how I was emotionally and if I enjoyed and. You know, I, I went through really tough times, like everybody, you know, growing up and, and, and before I went to college and then my first few years on tour. And he was always there, always there and uh, helping me not only, you know, in the golf course, but also outside the golf course. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm talking with various athletes and executives and all this, it seems like there is constantly that, that mentorship relationship you know, someone else imparting wisdom down, down and, and bringing up the next generation. Yes. And uh, for us, it was new, you know, for both of us. Rafael was a, not, a, not a coach or, a, you know, somebody that really knew about technique. But with me, he learned. We both worked really hard together. We helped each other and we grew together. So it was something new for both of us. You know, never been a, a Mexican player playing in the LPGA or winning a golf event and leading, you know, an event or, or also talking to the media, you know, uh, they didn't know much about golf. You know, we always try to 
just make them understand how difficult was the game. You know, Rafael used to work for a newspaper, you know, and, and uh, for a TV station. And we used to take all the, all the guys to the golf course. Okay, come, grab the club, hit some balls. You know, you, you can um, tell how hard it is to play golf or even to get in the top 10, you know, playing an event. And, and so they start getting familiar with the game, making good uh, analysis about the game and learning more. So it was a team, you know, we all helped each other and we, it was new for us. You know, we, we, we didn't have before golf in Mexico. <laughs> no, and, and how important is that to you to kind of have that representation? Um, because, you know, golf is more than a sport here. You know, it, it's also a way to a, a, a path for success for so many, you know, business deals are done on the golf course. And I think for, for Mexicans and Mexican Americans, you know, on my part, it's important for them to get into the sport. How important is it for you to be that, that, that shining beacon of, you know, you can make it this far. Um, and, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I think uh, that's what is uh, great, you know, about the game, uh, all the values, you know, what you learn. Um, we always, always talk about this. It's, it's not only about having more golfers in Mexico or professional golfers or players that, that make it to the top. It's about just having more more golfers, you know, generally, just just for them to be able to understand the game, to to be able to go outside and walk in a beautiful place, you know, in a public place that you can pay, you know, a few Mexican pesos and just walk around and hit some balls. But then if you, if, if you start getting serious, you know, all the good that you see in golf, you know, in a kid, you know, the way they develop, you know, themselves, um, I, I love the game because of that, you know, and also being able to go with, you know, your siblings or, you know, relatives and just spending some healthy time, you know, going outside to golf course is, is beautiful. And, and as you uh, say, you know, golf now in Mexico is just growing so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. I mean, we have few golf courses now. Every year we have more and more. Uh, the fans, I mean, it's growing so much. In, in my golf course, I used to be, uh, when I was five, six, seven, maybe it was me, another girl, my friend Shanti. And right now I go back to Guadalajara and there are more than a hundred uh, girls and boys practicing the game. You know, just, just to be able to see that, how much the game is growing in our country. And uh, it's amazing. It's something very special. I'm, I'm very proud to say that. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I know you have the, the Ochoa uh, Golf Academies. Um, uh-huh. and, and how important is that work? Um, I guess it touches on, you know, bringing more, the younger generation along, um, explain a little bit more about the, the Choa Golf Academies. Uh-huh. Well, actually that is something that I use or, or we use my name and the one that is in charge is Rafael uh, Alarcón, my coach, because, uh, I'm not able to, to give the lessons or to be there hundred percent. You know, today my life is, is crazy and my priorities are, are different. Um, so it's something that we are doing uh, in different places here in, in Mexico, around the country, where Rafael can, uh, you know, prepare or uh, teach or train, you know, a few coaches or, or uh, instructors and put them in a golf course to be able to help uh, kids and amateur players, you know. Um, what we're trying to do is just to help as much as we can, you know, with the... Um, or the the instrument and as well as the technique and um, and helping just to have a better teachers you know I think that's the way to do it mm-hmm. and then from there 
you can help all the new generations because there are so many kids coming and uh, it's something that we love to do. Rafael is very excited about that. I guess, um, you know, it's going well. We, we uh, for sure, are getting to the new golf courses. So that, that's something that is, that is great. And we'll see. You know, we're excited to see what's happened, you know, with the game in the next uh, 10, 12 years. Fantastic. And then, you know, I know it's, it's always covered because you, you retired so, so early um, and accomplished so much um, in, in that, that time span. Um, but I think it's, it, it always struck me as empowering that you were able to kind of step away on your own terms and show people that don't be scared of the next step. You know, you can, you're not stuck in whatever, you know, you might be doing. Can you explain that? I know you've explained ad nauseum that, but from that standpoint, I guess, um, about yeah. empowerment of, of that decision. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, um, you know, if people, you know, they think that it was something really, really hard to do. And for me, it was not hard. It was something that it came out easily. You know, it was all because of the good reasons. You know, I was very happy to say goodbye to the game, to the competitive, uh, you know, side of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, because I also dream and I, I was also really excited about having other things outside the golf course, you know. And I promised myself, you know, when I see clearly that I want to get married and I'm ready to have kids, I'm going to step away because it's the right thing to do. You know, I guess uh, I, I, I also uh, promised myself, okay, I'm going to play golf and I'm going to give it everything, you know, be 100% and making all the sacrifices and traveling and doing a lot of things. But then I thought when golf is not my, my priority anymore, you know, I'm going to move on because life is too short, you know. I would love um, to have other things outside the golf course, especially, you know, being a mother is a blessing uh, to be a mother, you know, I'm a mother of three. Pedro is already eight, Julia is six, and Diego is four. And I don't change, you know, my life uh, for anything. Um, I would do it, you know, one more time because there are so many other things outside the golf course, you know, that I'm ready to do now. And uh, I'm enjoying myself a lot. Um, I, I'm, I'm very happy with what I did or achieved inside the golf course, but not everything is golf, you know. <laughs> So I'm, I'm really excited about the, what I'm doing right now. And I have many plans in the future, you know. I prepared myself to play golf a few years, and now I dream, and I'm preparing myself to do other things, you know. And, and I think that's what is life about, you know. You have to be able to move on and motivate yourself and have new plans and dream uh, about the new things. And that's what I'm doing right now, enjoying myself and and doing uh, more crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess what, what does the future hold, um, you know, for you? Um, and I do, I do want to say, I love the name Diego. That's my, uh, that's my youngest son's name. So, uh, uh, nice. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, for sure. I mean, golf is always going to be there, you know, and always important. And I'm involved with different, um, associations, uh, like IGPM, which helps the new professionals, um, you know, to help them just, uh, develop themselves, making uh, the path a little bit easier. Uh, raise some money for that and helping the kids and spending time with them. But I'm also doing golf course design. Uh, I'm doing one, one in Belize with Greg Norman and one in Nayarit uh, with Greg Norman by the beach. It's a beautiful place. Uh, and I'm also working in a couple of uh, more designs um, by myself. No, So I I'm really busy, you know, people think maybe Lorena retired, you know, and 
but I'm busy. I'm working all the time. I like, I'm very active. That's the way I am. That's, that's how I, I want to be. I give a lot of conferences. I go to, you know, or, or, or speeches I, I, to schools, you know, or college or um, work a little bit for different companies. Mm -hmm. um, I have my foundation that I need to do a few events to raise money for that. So I'm busy, you know. <laughs> oh, of course, you know, and you have the invitational every year, but I, I, I want to talk about that. And then also, obviously, the foundation in, in La Barranca. Um, uh -huh. you know, um, how important is that? You know, I, I think that's a, a great cause, um, especially La Barranca. Um, talk a little bit, I guess, about the foundation and, and, and where it came from. Uh -huh. Well, uh, the foundation is something that I started really young. You know, I, I remember it was 2003, 2004, and, and I just, I want to have a foundation. And my mom is like, you are crazy. You know, you're not famous. You have no money. What are you going to do? <laughs> And uh, I always, I always uh, feel that uh, having the foundation is uh, probably the best thing that you know happened in, in in my career. Just being able to do that, you know, to help others and to be involved with so many kids and their families and the community. And uh, I'm very proud to say that more than six thousand kids already went through the school of La Barranca. And just to, to be able to change their lives, you know, and their future, just to have a better and, and more solid and for them to be confident and, and having the tools, you know, to really change their lives and not only theirs, but also the family and it's something very special. Uh, I'm very proud to say that. And I still work every day because of that. Uh, when I used to play, it was my motivation, you know, every day, every tournament. And now that I'm uh, here outside, I am... Um, that's what I do. I'm always thinking about new things uh, to raise money, to be able to spend time with the kids, to go and, and talk to them and improve the school, you know, the facility, the, the, the way they do things and, and take care of the teachers and do things the right way, you know. So that has been really a, a blessing. And, and still today, for me, that's my motivation, you know, it's something special. <laughs> And something I always ask people nowadays too is, especially with COVID, um, how has that been? You know, how has that been as far as uh, stress or, or where are you finding the laughs and, and the kind of the, the lightness, um, you know, <laughs> the anxiety, you know, especially with, you know, your family and everything? Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. I think, um, you know, I've been really uh, lucky to be able to spend the time. We have a second home uh, outside the city in a place called Valle de Bravo, which is in the mountains. And uh, it's been great in that way, just to be able to, to be outside the big city and spend some quality time with the kids. And I uh, took care of my, my father for three months and just to be able to have him in my house and spend time with the grandkids and, and being able to go outside and, and walk a little bit with them and doing mountain biking. and. Actually, my kids right now, they like uh, horseback riding, you know, so we go with them a little bit. So, of course, it's, it's a very sensitive time, and, uh, and especially we need to know and understand that there are so many people, you know, suffering. But like you said, you know, we have to look at the bright side and just to, to try to be positive and, and see all the good things that are happening, you know, from this... Uh, crazy time. I, I guess, you know, what we see about the nature and how healthy, you know, it's becoming. And, and also uh, for me, because I travel so much and I work so much, having this quality time with my kids has been 
really, really special, you know, just to be able to have a breakfast, you know, and lunch with them every day and to put them into bed and, and talk to them and do a funny or crazy things together. It's, it's really incredible. I, I think, uh, you know, for a reason, oh, everybody's going through the same thing. I guess that's the way to, to look at it and just to, to be positive about it, you know, and, and um, we're helping. We have actually a, a plan that is it's called Leentro, leentro.com. It's a, a new thing that the, some of our friends will started to raise money for the uh, food, which is something that people are struggling a lot, you know, uh, the healthy part, you know, healthcare, which is um, something also, um, and, and education. In my school, 35% of the parents, they lose uh, their jobs. So right away they call us, we have to take our kids outside the school. And we say, no, 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 we have special scholarships. We're gonna take care of the kids. Nobody is going outside the school. But that's what is happening in the rest of the country. So we, right away, uh, right away in March, we, we start this um, foundation, association, I don't know how you call it in English, but we're trying to raise money and uh, it's, it's been incredible. We have a great response uh, from friends, uh, athletes, you know, not only here in Mexico, but in different parts of the world, um, artists, you know, like every, everybody that we call is say, yes, yes, I help, you know, I mean, uh, so right now we're doing great and we're, we're trying to just raise the bar and uh, you know, raise more money and make sure that we help people that are going through a hard time. And especially in education, we don't want kids to go outside the school. So we want to work really hard for uh, that uh, not to happen. And I guess lastly, I don't want to take too much of your time. Are, are the kids uh, taking up golf? Is, are any of the kids kind of interested in that? Or are they kind of <laughs> all about horseback right you now? You know, they, of course, uh, they know how to play. You know, they, they take lessons. Well, before they used to uh, twice a week and just go there with a couple of friends and hit some balls. And they have a great swing. They hit the ball beautifully. They, you know, just high and nice distance but they don't like it so they understand that it's something that they need to learn to play with you know with me and the cousins and to have a good time with the grandpa and and, and just to know the game but i don't see that they like it uh, pedro is very much into tennis and soccer he loves soccer julia uh, she gymnastics you know a little bit of swimming she loves to swim Diego, the little one, is only four years old. Maybe him. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when he turns five. Later. <laughs> yeah. Rafael Alarcon played professionally from 1981 to about 2002. When golf was at its infancy in Mexico, he was paving the way, playing for Oklahoma State University and eventually joining the tour. It was one day at Guadalajara Country Club that he met a young girl who demanded she be taught how to golf just like him. Like Daniel LaRusso would for Mr. Miyagi, Lorena Ochoa would show up daily for lessons. The two would form a lifelong friendship and Alarcon would find a second career as a coach, something he's doing to this day. Only now, he's trying to educate an entire nation. kind of the guy that uh, likes uh, the challenges, you know, and uh, 
golf was a way to find some uh, big challenges. I started off pretty much as a golfer, as a junior golfer here in Mexico. And uh, I got to start playing some junior tournaments and bigger amateur tournaments in the States. I fell in love with the game and I found an opportunity to grow as a person and as a golfer by going to school in the States. I, I ended up going to Oklahoma State mm -hmm. University. Where we had a, where I had a, one of the probably most wonderful times of my life, the, probably the most challenging time of my life. I didn't speak too much English when I went there, so I had to take uh, a lot of English courses uh, just to pass and be admitted into school. But once I got admitted, you know, and I and I was and I and I knew I was at the best college uh, program in the states, I. I pushed myself really hard to become a good player, and I did. I, I did. Uh, 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 we ended up winning two NCAA's and uh, finished second uh, the other year when I played. Out of the five years that I was there, I played three years, and I ended up majoring in business administration. So after that, I, I pursued a, the competition career, and I played on the European Tour, Asian Tour, uh, U.S. PGA Tour, all of the, all over the world, eh? South America, Mexico, everywhere. I play, I play. I have played tournaments in forty-eight countries. So uh, I got a lot of experience uh, for competing, and and you know how how good the golf uh, game is uh, when you get to know people. So you get to know all of the nice people in the world, you know, you get to know a lot of fellow professionals where you learn a lot of things. And that gives you a lot of growth. That, that gives you a lot of uh, special edges, you know. So I did my, my, pretty much my competitive career from 1981 to, to 2002, somewhere in there. And, uh, but uh, Lorena and I we, we come, come from the same club. So I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, my home has always been Guadalajara, Mexico. So uh, every time I come back home, you know, to spend some time, I, I won't have to practice hard. You know, and that's how I bumped into Lorena because Lorena was a little kid, you know, doing a lot of the other sports and a little bit of golf, you know, the, at, the, at the academy at this, uh, in, in the club, you know. But uh, we became acquainted, you know, we know each other ever since she was a little kid. My parents know her parents quite well and all that, you know. So we became friends. We became friends and I, we started um, uh, practicing together. She, she would try to find out from my mother when I was coming back home to practice and she would be looking for those days. So she would look for me in the club so I, to watch me practice. And I remember, the, you know, the first few times she, I was hitting balls and she would sit down maybe 20, 30 feet away from me, just, just sitting on a chair watching me what I was doing. And I, I would say, come on over, get close over here, you know. So that's how, how we became uh, more, of a, more friends than anything else, you know. It's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting uh, relationship, you know, because we are very good friends. And... Um how good of a golfer was she at the time? And correct, I, I can't remember quite uh, how, how old she was when you guys first met. 
Um, so I guess how old was she around and how good of a golfer was she at that time? She was pro when we started uh, seeing each other like this, mm. you know, I was in my prime in the early nineties, mid nineties. So she was probably five, six, seven, eight years old right in there. You know, I don't recall exactly the age and because there's not a time frame for that. There is not a date for that, but she was very little kid, you know, and, uh, and, uh, uh, every time she came to watch me play, then we'll, we will go to the putting green and then we will be in the putting green. And then I will go by myself and hit a few holes and play a few holes. And I, I saw her one day looking at me going to the course and like saying, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. So I asked her if she wanted to come and she just ran to the 10th hole, you know, to catch up with me. And then we went out there to play three holes. and. That's how the relationship kind of started, you know, and um, it started as a friendship, uh, trusted, trusted friendship, you know, and that's about the time we started to becoming good friends. And I think she said that one of her first tournaments was when she was five, I think, or something like that, really early. So she was kind of a natural, um, you know, picking things up at, at five years old. Um, how was she early on? You know, what was she like as, you know, I mean, she's a five-year-old, six-year-old, six years old. How was she at the time? Because um, she's always known, been known as a tenacious competitor. Um, so when she was a kid, how, how, what kind of, what kind of kid was she? It, you know, it's. Uh, I think you said the the, the perfect word, tenacious competitor. Mm. And uh, where that comes from, it's uh, it comes from education. It doesn't come from the sport. It comes from education, and the education came from her parents. Her parents uh, were very good about uh, pushing the kids to do things, pushing the kids to learn to do things, pushing the kids to, to challenge themselves to do nice things, you know, like uh, outdoor activities. Uh, so, and I see tenacious uh, competitor comes from uh, being a, a, a secure kid. Mm. And Lorena, grew up in an environment where where she was she always felt secure because uh she was doing more stuff than any other little kid but she was uh being praised for she was never stopped she was always told learn to do it right and you can do it if you want to learn on a mountain bicycle do it right and and uh, you'll be fine if you want to climb on a tree climb on a tree but until the bridge broke and then she felt and hurt herself but she was always uh, uh really good about that it's a natural thing because it came from education it came from her parents and the more i research this the more i'm sure about it you know i'm sure about because in that in the family it's not only lorena but you have to praise alejandro her brother for for being a guy that challenged himself into doing really interesting stuff in uh, climbing mountains you know so mm. it's it's it comes from the family you know that's the first step after that it's up to the kid to explore it you know but once you grow up uh, with really good fundamentals on on, on, on uh, being uh, sure about yourself it's one of the reasons why Lorena was very good about uh, going for the difficult pains at the difficult times because the challenge came in a natural way mm -hmm. it was not something like you have to learn to do it you have to uh 
go through a, a psychology program, things like that. No, she was good. She felt good about the challenges all the time. And a little bit more about his, her, her brother Alejandro, because we didn't talk too much about uh, her brother. Um, what kind of things did he do as far as climbing? Well, he climbed mountains, big mm. mountains. I mean, Mount Everest, Mount, uh, he climbed all the big peaks in the world, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he will he will even take Lorena as a little kid, you know. I'll give you an example, you know. Lorena, this is years later, you know, Lorena was maybe 12 or 13. Mm. And she came to the club really, really happy that uh, she got permission from her father to go climb a, a mountain here in Mexico. It's called the Pico de Orizaba. Mm -hmm. And she was going to go out there with her brother and two other guys to climb the mountain. Mm. Well, think about it for a second. I mean, you, you got uh, here you got a, a girl that is probably 12, 13 years old going out to the mountain with three other kids that are 15, 16 years old to climb a, a big mountain, mm. you know. But um, her father told her, learn to do it right. And if you prepare yourself to do everything that you need to do, you got permission. Hmm. So how many parents will allow you to do that? Most of the parents will, will slow you down or tell you, no, you cannot do it. You're not prepared to do it. You, it's dangerous, this and that. But Lorena was pushed to do it if, if she learned to do it right. Wow. Wow. And as far as her, not just her playing, but I, I definitely want to, you know, a little bit about her evolution as a player, as, as you know, because you have a unique perspective of, Lorena from a five-year-old all the way up to, you know, retirement and being the top of the game. Um, what was she, what was her evolution like? Because um, I think athletes go through their ups and downs. Um, but, but what was she like as a person as she grew, not just as a player, but as a woman? Well, you know, I was very fortunate, like you said, to, to live through all the, the, you know, from the six, five, six years old until retirement. Pretty intense relationship, you know. Um, so I got to see a little young kid turn into a teenage, then a, a young adult, then adult, then a competitor, and then the best player in the world. Hmm. So I got to see the, the, basically the two phases of, of the process, which is the, the sports part of it, the golfing part of it, but the human part of it. And in my, in my, when I was asked to get more involved with this project, uh, when I, when Lorena asked me to do it, I always thought that the human, the development of the human part of it was just as important as the professional part of it or the sports part of it. So we always, I always took care, really good care or watch very carefully on everything that happened from uh, when she was a little kid as a person, when she was a teenage, teenage teenager as a person, even dealing with, uh, with boyfriends, or, uh, friend relationship, uh, group, group problems, uh, father and daughter problems, you know, all of that I had, to, I had to somehow deal with it, you know, or guide her, mm -hmm. you know, I had, because Lorena trusts me and I was, confident and I I was already a father I was already I uh, had experience in both of the areas as a, as, a, as a father as a parent and I had experience as a player through the years that I've been playing so I was able to guide her 
I was able to help, help her make the right decisions. But you know the one thing in common that she always had is she knew where she wanted to be. She always saw herself where she is right now. And that's a, a, that's a distinguishes uh, herself from everybody else. She saw herself uh, at some point becoming the best player in the world. She saw herself being a woman of a, a family woman. She saw herself as a leader. And she, when, when she, and she always worked from that, she worked on how to get there. That's why, that's why I keep saying, you know, she found me, she found in me a way to guide her because somehow she saw that I had experience, you know, and uh, I was, I was, uh, I was really, I was best player in Mexico. I was competing at the highest level. I was in the PGA Tour. I was in the Corn Ferry Tour. I was uh, traveling all over the world. So she saw an edge, you know, she, she saw an edge in me and, and I was able to get lucky and provide good tools for her to develop, you know. But uh, because also we had a really good relationship, I was also uh, really good about uh, guiding her as a young kid, adult, a young adult, teenager, all of the stages in life, you know. Because uh, it's probably more difficult uh, when you're, when you're a really good player or you want to become a really good player, it's difficult to, to keep really good at, at the human development. And as far as, um, you know, I definitely want to talk about the academy, but kind of we touched upon her retirement. Um, and I'm guessing you being her, her coach and, and her mentor, um, did that take you by surprise? Like you said, you, you always, or she always knew she was going to be the top of her game, but that another thing that was super important to her and something that I got from her is that she wanted to be a mother. You know, she wanted to be, you know, um, yeah, a, a mother. And I think some people would say, oh, you know, she retired where she, that was her next goal. Um, so I guess talk a little bit about that, um, where from my perspective, it's a powerful decision and it's it's empowering to, to, to show people, hey, you can leave at the top of your game if, if you know the next goal is whatever it might be. Um, so, what was that? What was that like? You know, it's first. It wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to be a short career. She said that she wanted to play. Actually, she mentioned at one time when before she became a pro that her two goals were to become number one in the world and play up to ten years. So I knew that ten years were coming up. And I knew that she was uh, transitioning herself uh, to to become a, a wife and a mother and all that. So the transition was coming. When she told me that she was ready to retire, it didn't surprise me. Uh, I cannot uh, recommend that she wait until the end of the year, not not retire in April. But uh, she was right. She was right on the way she retired. She said, I don't want to go as, as a ceremonial person. I want to go right here in the top of my game. She was right about that. She was right about many of the decisions that, uh, that she made. That was one more. You wanted to return the top of the game, not at the end of the year because it's a season, you know. So uh, I saw that coming, and obviously, 
obviously, me as a coach and as a friend, felt, felt uh, sad that the end was coming, you know. Such a good career, obviously. But from the coaching part of it, uh, I noticed that uh, in the last previous probably four months to her announcement, she had not the she didn't have the energy to practice or the focus to practice as good as she was. Because obviously she was already in her mind working on her next big goal, which she was to become a wife and to become a mother. So you can only have 100% energy in one thing, not in two things. You can have 80% in one thing and 100% in another thing. It's like when a kid goes to school, you know, you want to be really good at golf or you're really good at school. You can't be really good at both. You get, you, one of them, those has to sacrifice. And she started sacrificing a little bit of the, of the practicing and a little bit of the focus. Because obviously she had to be very good and very careful about achieving the next goal, which she was to become a, uh, a housewife, you know. So I applaud, I applaud the way she did it. It's another lesson why uh, now we know that Lorena was very smart about how she made decisions. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, because uh, she always knew where she was, she was going better than anybody else. We can speculate whatever we want to speculate. Obviously, we can speculate. Uh, could she have played more years? Obviously, she could. Maybe she could play 10 more years. You know, what? what's the difference between cutting her career like she did or playing five, six more years? It would have been more, more money and maybe a few more uh, trophies. But it, it, maybe she, was, she would have not been the person that she is right now. That's the difference. Yeah. And then, you know, you, her wonderful children, you know, it, it's just, you look at that and there's no question, you know, that making the right decision. Yeah. Exactly. You see the kids, you see the life that she's got, and, and you, see, you see the, lead, the, the woman, the, the leadership that she's got in Mexico, the, the things that she did as a woman and everything that you said, she's right, she was right. You know, when, um, when uh, I dedicated probably 80% uh, of my professional time to Lorena, mm -hmm. because I, I was not a full-time coach. I had to learn to become a coach. I had to learn to become a coach of a, of a great player like that. So I dedicated myself a lot of time to that. So when Lorena finished, and, uh, finished playing, the only other thing that I had done a little bit was... Uh, to prepare myself to do golf course design. Mm -hmm. I had already started on that, okay? So I'm, I'm still doing golf course design business in Mexico, okay? But from the teaching part of it, I had to make a decision after Lorena because I only taught Lorena and two other players when Lorena, okay? Oscar Frastro and Sofia Sheridan. I had to decide what do I do with all the knowledge that I acquire taking a player to become the number one in the world. 
I have two other options. I can leave it there in the in the shell in the bookshelf forever, or I can um, I can uh, uh, share it with more people. So I decided to share it by uh, teaching more more kids, more people to the on the high end. You know the the uh, good players, even the kids that want to become good players. I like doing that, but but I also uh, decided to do it through the through the academies and through the preparation of teachers to become better teachers or give them knowledge. So my my formula, my teaching formula or my teaching philosophies is something that I started doing long time ago in helping through the academies preparing teachers. Because we don't have any preparation here in Mexico, teachers don't don't have access to any kind of professional information. So I decided to start to share to share that. So I am really happy to know now that a lot of the teachers have benefited from from uh, from the programs that, that I have done and I, I will keep doing on expanding the knowledge. Because the best way to to really get to more players is through the teaching because I can, if I help uh, three teachers, the three teachers are going to be helping 10 kids or 20 kids, you know, 20 people. And then that's how you do, you get a lot of expansion. So I feel really good that uh, that was my decision. I feel really good that I have been able to influence many teachers here in Mexico to become better teachers and, that, that, and people that I have shared my knowledge are using it. To, to really good effect, you know. If I look into the guys like Horacio Morales, he was my he was my student as a as a player, and I recommended that he became a teacher because he was very analytical. Another guy, Adrian Senderos, same 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 thing. You know, he was my my student, and I recommended to become a, a teacher because the way the way they were structured, they were they they were lining up to be better teachers than players you know so now that's those two guys are teaching really good you know Horacio is teaching Gabby Lopez and Adrian Senderos is teaching high-end professional so I, that makes me feel really good it's like it's like by taking one single decision one single good comment you know now you see other good they you see the influence they have in other good players and what is the outlook like uh, for Mexican golf? You know, um, you, like you said, you're teaching the teachers. Um, there's more of a representation. There's more uh, Mexican golfers. You know, getting getting the tutelage. What's what's our what's the outlook like in the next five, ten, fifteen years um, as far as more Mexicans on tour, but also just young boys and girls in Mexico being um, you know shown this wonderful sport. I see, I only see great things happening for Mexico in golf. Only great things, you know. Back in, uh, and I give, I give you a little uh, story, history before today. Mm. You know, when after Lorena left the game, she left a big influence. But she was like, a, like an umbrella over the golf in Mexico. And once the, once the umbrella kind of move away all of the guys that were underneath by uh, by the influence of Lorena start shining 
okay? So now it's like a big role, you know, a lot of new people came up to the game, became uh, more decisive to go look for some better adventures. And, uh, and the, the high, the, the quality, the competitors in Mexico are growing every year. So I keep saying in 2015, they asked me about how do you see the game here in Mexico? I say it's the best it's ever been. And they asked me that in 16. And I, keep, I say it's the best it's ever been. So you asked me that question right now in 2020, and I said it's the best it's ever been. Because we keep growing, and and uh, and obviously Lorena had, was uh, like the icon, the big biggest influence. But now the the volume and the growth is a lot bigger. It's really interesting to see. You have Abraham Answer, you have Carlos Ortiz, Albert Ortiz. You got um, you got uh, Gabby Lopez. You got Maria Fassi. They all come from the influence that that when the umbrella move away, those guys start shining. I mean, they were 12, 13 years old at the time, and now they're shining on the on their 20s. Okay, it's like, it's the influence of the generation, that's what it's called. And I, I only see big, bigger and better things coming up to Mexico because the game, the game in Mexico has uh, broken through the social life. You know, it's not, it's not to the lead anymore. Most of the golf courses in Mexico are pretty much open to, to daily play. I mean, they, uh, we have better teachers, like I mentioned. We have a lot better programs, more programs to create uh, new kids into the game. We have the volume that is providing the interest. Uh, right now, uh, for example, in, the, in this uh, pandemic times that we're living, you know, we are facing the same the same growth that the U.S. is growing. We have. 20% new play coming into the game because people are discovering how good and healthy the game is, you know. So the, the rounds in most of the clubs are up 30%, even with less less uh, less allowance. So that tells you that we're going to have more volume. So if we have more volume, we're going to have eventually better kids playing the game and we're eventually going to have better representation. There is a stat right now that I cannot confirm to the, to the exact number, but I was told that there are more than 60 players in the, in the, in the college programs in the States, in the golf programs. You know, more than 60 Mexicans are competing in the States. And you know that here in Mexico, we can supply very good young kids, but if they move to the college programs in the States, it's a perfect combination. Because they can, they can continue to their preparation, they can continue the growth, and they can continue their exposure to tougher competitions. And that's how Maria Fassi came out, that's how Gaby Lopez came out, that's how Carlos Ortiz came out and had Abraham Manser. That's how everything is, that's how it's, it's happening. So I only see really good things, not only good things, really good things coming up for Mexico. Um, I guess my last question would be, why is it important? Here in the United States, it might not be so accessible to, you know, underrepresented communities, lower income communities. And golf is that kind of, you know, business is done on the golf course. Um, and what is it like um, to have more Mexican players 
kind of at, at that, you know, um, arena uh, of, of golf. Um, why is it so powerful? Why is there a need to have more players, uh, more, more young um, boys and girls play this sport? Well, the first thing, the, the game is, is very clean, very healthy. Mm. That's probably, the, the second is, it gives you a lot of personal growth because it's it's individual game that you gotta grow uh, according to your desire your goals and your desire so if you want to become good you know you gotta do your, your homework and you're gonna be responsible you cannot blame anybody else for anything else and also by being individual sport it's um, if you want to become good you're gonna find the ways to, uh, the ways to do it I mean, Lorena was not, uh, she was not a rich woman. She was not, uh, she had, uh, obviously, she had some problems sometimes getting to the tournaments, but she found a way to do it because it's an individual sport, okay? So I think the, the fact that golf in Mexico keeps growing good is going to be a bigger influence first here in Mexico down into the uh, middle class income people it's going to help a lot but it's also the more we go into the into the other countries especially like in the united states they are going to become heroes and they're going to influence the latino community and they're going to influence more people to 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 know that they can they can become that you know because of the generational influence that you can do I mean, I, I see, I follow Abraham Anser, for example. He's got, he's got a tremendous amount of followers, you know, in the Texas area. And eventually, his community is going to get bigger and bigger. And that's really good for the game. Because the game does not discriminate. The game is really good. If it doesn't discriminate whether you're a little kid, whether you have some handicap, whether you're a woman, whether you're an old man, if it doesn't discriminate by any way, it's just going to be good for everything. The Enfuego podcast is edited by Dylan Wren. I'm your host, Gabe Zaldivar. If you like the show, you can help support it in a tremendous way by liking, following, and subscribing across your favorite streaming services. Give a comment or a five-star rating. With your support, you're helping give some of sports' greatest stories the spotlight they deserve. Next week, we continue our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month with someone who doesn't get nearly enough attention as they deserve. Enjoy your week, and make sure to find us online at si.com backslash enfuego.